Hi, I'm Ophelia, and I'm writing a book. Kinda. Join me as I talk through my very self-taught writing process and dish all the gossip on the people, places, and experiences that are soon to be people, places, and experiences in my book. All right. Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? So this has been my first week of retirement, and I am just, I don't know, I'm a little bit lost to to be honest, okay, I'm a little, <laughs> a little bit lost. So, um, this brings me to my first point today. Today, I want to talk about how I need a schedule. I have learned this in one week of having no formal job. I just need a schedule, and I've been a teacher, so it's not like I haven't had summer breaks before. And you know what? Let me just be the first to say, teachers deserve a summer break. They need a summer break. I mean, like. I know I've heard the argument that, you know, teachers only work 10 months of the year or nine months for those people that did not do well in school. But, um, you know what? It's not a, we only get paid for the months that we're working. Okay. The people that put aside money and have it deferred like to 12 months, that's how we get paid 12 months a year. Uh, it's not that we're actually paid those many months. It's that it's like a deferred plan. Okay. So They aren't paid for the summer, really, unless you're doing summer school, and God bless you for that. But I mean, just imagine a job where you cannot not be doing something. I don't, was that too many negatives in there? I'm not sure. I'm not going to count them. Somebody else can do that. But I mean, you can't even go to the bathroom when you want to, okay? Like, I spent so many years just having to go to the bathroom, just having to go to the bathroom and like not being able to leave the room. And you know, I, the administration usually is like, oh, if you really have an emergency, like call us, we'll come over and then we'll take your class for a minute so you can go to the bathroom. But it's like, that's such a pain. You know, I feel like I'm an adult. I can wait 15 minutes till the end of class, but it's still like super uncomfortable and horrible. Anyways, so this is just different that I am just not having any routine right now. And that's kind of, I guess, nice in a way. I've been like getting outdoors a lot this week, trying to like spend some time with my kids and my husband. And I think that's fantastic, but I needed a routine because I have written exactly like two sentences this week. And I thought I'd be like, wow, I'm going into retirement and now I'm going to be able to like write every day. I'm going to write every single day. And here I am. I haven't really written anything. So I, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, to be honest, but I heard about, (laughs) this is so dumb, R.L. Stein, um, who I mean, he is fantastic, like an extremely prolific writer, right? Okay. He writes those like, um, kind of horror mystery books for teens and young adults. And I, I heard that he writes five pages a day, no matter what. Okay. And I don't know what that means. Is that single spaced? Is that like book pages or is that like, you know, a document page? Um, you know, (laughs) I'm assuming it's like a document page, but he writes five pages every day, no matter what. And I think, okay. I think five pages is too much for me, honestly, because some days I'm just like, boom, boom, bam, bam, bow, rah, kazam. And I'm writing a lot. And then some days I have like the four sentences and that took me the same amount of time. So I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to start doing a three page. Oh, I feel like that might be too many. No, 
It's the Lord's number. <laughs> so we're going to go with three pages a day. I'm going to start today. I'm going to do it. Write three pages and just, you know, even if it's horrible, just write it. And I'm, I'm going to try and give myself some grace too. Like, even if it's not the same section, kind of like, you know, if I'm writing the equivalent of three pages somewhere, that'll be fantastic. Okay. So that's my, that's my first takeaway is that I, as a writer or just as a human in general, need a schedule, need some sort of routine. Not that, not that people don't need breaks from that, but I'm somebody that finds joy and comfort and productivity in that. So this whole kind of like, you're going to do it, you're going to be great at managing your time. I think I am. I mean, I'm very self-motivated. I really am. I'm somebody that can like give myself a goal and attain that goal. I know this about myself. I think it's actually a great strength that I have. It makes me frustrated like to no end about other people that can't like motivate themselves and set a goal and like, you know, at least attempt to reach the goal. I mean, honestly, I'm just like, come on guys, how hard is this? I'm talking about my children, of course, and some of my students. Um, but you know, I know that's a strength of mine. So this is my goal. Three pages a day. I'll, I'll check back in with you next week on this. Okay. So two episodes ago, I said, okay, I'm going to talk about this. And then of course we know it's a crapshoot. I oftentimes say, I'm going to talk about this next episode, and then I don't. It's kind of like, oh, did you guys ever watch Arrested Development, like that TV show? It was great, but they were like, next time on Arrested Development, and then they would like show a preview, and the previews were never scenes that were in the next episode. It was hilarious, and I'm not talking about the new season, like, ugh, their revamped season just was not, no, not good. Or was it a movie? I can't remember. It was bad. I tried to just block it out. Anyways, so um, anyways, two episodes ago, I said I wanted to talk about um, romance being used in like young adult books and that I wanted some of that in this book, but I did not want it to be a main driving force. Like, okay, so I remember when the Twilight books came out and I was teaching and teaching high school and middle school. And during one of the drives down to our Disneyland trips, because I've been doing those for years here, I was talking to one of the moms and I was reading, I don't know, maybe the second or third book. It wasn't the first one, but it was, you know, one of those books. And it was kind of like um, it had just come out. So like a lot of us were reading it on the book or on the book, on the bus. Okay. And I, I told you guys, I like young adult fiction. I think it's fun and it's easy to read and whatnot. It's not my only genre I like, but I do admittedly like it as a middle-aged woman. So a lot of the girls are reading it too. And I found like that was something nice for me and my students to connect with. We were all like this new ridiculous book had come out and everybody was reading it. And this mom is talking to me about it. She's like, oh, my daughter's not allowed to read that book. And I was just like, you know, kind of rolling my eyes like, oh, okay. It's one of these moms that is not letting her daughter read like the popular book. Like I'm sure she's not allowed to read Harry Potter either. And, you know, which seemed odd to me because this mom was like fairly normal and her child was you know, a normal kid and interesting. And it kind of caught me a little bit off guard. And I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, I read the first one. I just kind of want to see what happens next. And the mom's like, well, I read it too. You know, it must've been the third one. It must've been the third book because she's like, 
she had said she wanted to read it before her, she had three girls, before her girls read it, um, just to kind of make sure, you know, everything was like kosher in this story about vampire and romance. And so she's telling me about this, how she was reading it, and she just decided that she was not going to let her girls read it because she thought it had unhealthy, like, romance expectations. And I didn't really think about it. You know, I had, I just, it was a book. You know, what happens in books, you know, there are also vampires in it. And just because I read the book doesn't mean I think that there are actually vampires out there. Do I think that there are ghosts leaving teeth around my house? Yes. Do I think that there are vampires? No. But she, she, I mean, I feel like she made a good point. She was just saying, you know, these two people have this like very unhealthy, like codependency where, you know, um, Bella, you know, starts to once, oh God, what was the guy's name? Edward. Once Edward leaves, she's like almost becoming suicidal, like just to like, you know, feel connected to him. And she like just drops everything else in her life and all her friends. And, you know, she said, you know, I don't want this. This is a really praised romantic relationship right now. And I don't want my daughters thinking that that is what romance should be and that that's what a healthy relationship looks like. She said, you know, this is not a healthy relationship. This was a very unhealthy relationship. I mean, besides that one of them was a vampire and one of them was not, you know, it was very unhealthy that they were so codependent upon each other. And she didn't want her girls reading that. And I mean, like, most of the world was reading that book at that time. And again, I don't, I think it was a good book. I think it was interesting and well-written-ish, but I, I get what she was saying. And it kind of gave me that, that lens. Cause my, I, well, I have boys, but they were both, you know, fairly young and weren't going to be reading it or anything. It was just something I was reading, like, and looking at it through adult eyes where, you know, that relationship is, you know, I just, it's very romanticized, you know, it's very dramatic, but I didn't look at it as anything, you know, that I thought, you know, like, oh, me and my husband aren't like that. That's not, you know, we must not be in love. So that, that has stuck with me, you know, and I, I don't know, I'm still not about like restricting what books my children are going to read necessarily. Um, mainly because they don't read a ton. Um, my younger one, oh, he's starting to write a book. It's like a Star Wars fan fiction. So I'm, I'm excited about that one. Uh, I'm trying to play it cool though, guys. I'm trying to be like, oh yeah, you're writing a little book. Like, oh, that's, that's awesome. That's good. Cool. I mean, like, let me know when you have some of it for me to read. (laughs) Um, so anyways, um, it stuck with me. Okay. It stuck with me that, you know, what happens in these books, even though it is fiction, even though they are characters that may have other things that are very unrealistic, that we do as humans grasp onto the realistic moments and emotions and things that parallel our lives in the books. So that kind of brings me to like, what do I want in this book with romance? I know that I want I know that I want one of them to be in love with one of them, the other one to be pretending to be in love with the other, and the other one, like in this triangle, to be in love with the, you know, it's, it's a good love, you know, classic love triangle. But I don't want it to be a, like, I want it to be a definite, like, storyline, but I don't want it to be the whole, whole thing. And I don't want it to be, oh, I feel like once Aurora finds out that the one, the one guy doesn't, actually love her. Um, 
like, I mean, that sucks, right? That sucks when you're like, oh my God, I love this person. And you think that they love you and then they don't love you. And I want that to be realistic too. Like that, you know, that there is mourning. When you lose any relationship, a romantic or just platonic relationship, and then life goes on. You know, like it just keeps marching on. And really, I think the important thing is the people around you then that kind of like pick you up out of that puddle that you are. So um, I, I think I think that's my goal for it is that, you know, I think romance is great and that it can show that there is, you know, this, such a wide array of emotions and love and the way that you can like treat other people and sacrifice for other people. And I think that is just beautiful. So it's going to be in there, but it's not going to be the end all be all in the story. It's going to be like something that occurs and is a storyline, but the main storyline will not start with romance and will not end with romance. It's like, it's something that happens within the story, but it is not like the story itself. Talking about different storylines, what was I watching? Oh, I was watching Based on a True Story. Have you seen this TV show? So it's this TV show based off a podcast, or so they say. I'm not sure if it actually is, though. I haven't actually checked into that. But the this couple who's having like some financial issues, um, they figure out who this um, serial killer is. Okay, they find out who the serial killer is, and because they need money, they're like, "Hey, you know, do you wanna, um, do you want to do a podcast with us? We won't turn you in, but you need to be on the podcast, and you know all that jazz." As uh, so, I mean, it's it's kind of a weird premise, and it, the guy says yes, you know, and then it's about you know living your life with this serial killer, and you know, is it ethical for them? It's not. I don't think at all ethical for them to be helping him, but it's a really gory show. And you know what? I do not like gory things. I don't like scary things. I do not like gory things. It's just not, not my jam at all, but this one is, but there was this one moment. So spoiler, if you're going to watch it, I think it's like around episode five. It's when they're at, um, the cellar serial killer com. This is not what it's called criminal con it's like comic con but for like fans of true crime podcast and you know that sort of web series documentaries all of that kind of thing okay so people that are fascinated with the weird anyways they go to it okay so this is a spoiler an actual spoiler alert guys so if you're watching the show and you haven't watched the episode where they're in vegas then just like stop listening to me for another five minutes okay and so um, they're, they're there, and this one girl claims that she survived the, the serial killer, okay? And she's, you know, doing interviews, and she wrote a book, and the serial killer's there with his podcast buddies, and he is like this, you know, he's pissed because this lady is, you know, like lying about getting away from him. And so he manages to catch her, like, oh my God, I got something in my eye, and it hurts so bad. Okay. Oh my God. I'm going to do this one eyed. Oh, (laughs) I was a pirate for just a moment there. I had like a dog hair in my eye. I'm sure everybody really cares. Anyways, this guy, like, oh, he doesn't trap her like 
uh, he corners her. That's a better word. He corners her at this kind of like meet and greet at the top of this Vegas hotel. And he's like, oh my God, I'm such a fan. I, you know, love the book or something like that. Okay, so obviously I am not about to become a screenwriter anytime soon. But he then like turns on her and he's like, I know who you are. And you saw his eyes and she's like yes i saw his eyes and then he gives her like the creepy serial killer eyes stare and she like has a light bulb going off and she's like oh wah 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 and realizes that it's him and he's like i'm gonna find you later and what she had some like catchphrase like she said not today or something like that in her book okay sorry people are like slamming doors all over the place here and anyways he just you know throws it back in her face he's like you know I'll find you later and are you gonna say not today then and you can just he walks away doesn't like ever touch her during this whole thing and you can just see her she like is mulling over her options like does she like continue on and like tell somebody or kind of just live in fear the rest of her life or you know is he gonna come and harm her immediately like you can just I mean the girl did like a great job of acting this moment because I just could tell on her face like all of the different thought processes that we're going through and so then she ends up just jumping from the roof and you don't see the jump but then it's like that would have been the better thing to see because then all of a sudden our podcast friends are down by the pool like talking about something I don't even remember what they were talking about but then this girl is like impaled on like an umbrella. I mean, it was just like, so, and this is like, I feel like I've seen this in a couple of movies or shows where people that aren't necessarily villains, but aren't necessarily good guys, they choose their own demise and by like jumping off of something, okay? And like, oh, it was not upstairs, downstairs, but it was kind of like a new version of that show that came out a few years ago. And I just remember one of the rich girls, she just, Oh, what she had she had screwed somebody over pretty bad and like at the end she just looks at like the top of these grand staircase and at the bottom are these checkered black and white marble floors and she just like not runs but she like does this very determined walk and just like walks off like she kind of like hops over the banister or kind of falls whatever but she just kept going and like then she's like like all this tangled mess on this beautiful like black and white marble floor. So I don't know. I was thinking about that and I, oh, I, I want that in the book. Okay. So, but our, our, our setting is much more like, again, like kind of fairy tale land. So there's not like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want it to be associated with a building. I always think it's more dramatic if it was something like a big cliff, some sort of landmark, you know? And so there's two people that I'm kind of thinking that this might be their thing. But then I was thinking, what if it would be, it might be an opening too. It might be an option. If this person did this off of some sort of cliff, you know, decided, you know, they'd made some bad choices. They're just going to end it. You know, it is what it is. And they go off the cliffs and every, never heard from the rest of the book. Everybody's like, they are dead. But then like, what if I get a hankering to write like a sequel to the book? Then I have an opening for this person to potentially have lived through this impossible cliff jump. And I was thinking, okay, so um, my husband and I years ago went to Cassis, 
um, France. It's like in southern France, and it's in the oh, what do they call it? It's a national park. It's um, Le Lanqua, Le Lanqua. I don't get Calouanx, Calouanx. <laughs> Je parle français très bien. Um, Calouanx, I think is what it was. But there were like these little inlets and these big dramatic cliffs. And we went to Cassis, which is one of these towns that like uh, you go through all the lavender fields. Like you're driving through lavender fields and you're like, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, this is beautiful. And then like an hour and a half later, you're like, oh, this is beautiful. Are we there yet? But then you park at the top and there's no way to get down to this town, like no roads. Um, you have to like just take seven million stairs to get down. But there's this one cliff in the Calabong. We're just going to call it that. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, this famous one because it was this maritime, you know, when people were traveling by boats all the time, it was a landmark. And people came, that's kind of why this town uh, was established, was for trading, you know, through boats and whatnot. And it was one of the largest cliffs. And we're sitting down at one of the, you know, seaside cafes and we're having some brunch. And one of the locals there was telling us this story about it and how it was famous because these different, you know, poets and artists and, you know, just people that were very dramatic and wanted to dramatically kill themselves went to these cliffs and just jumped off. And that was like, it had claimed so many lives of so many like famous writers and, you know, all this stuff. And I just, I remember this story and I don't remember any of the people that they had said, but I remember the story and it was like, Lots of people had died on this, you know, major cliff, you know, this landmark place. So it, you know, was possibly haunted or something like that. And so as I'm getting ready to do the podcast today, um, yesterday I was kind of like, you know what? Let me look some of this up. You know, I remember this guy telling me this story, but I don't remember exactly any of the details. So I go to Google this and genuinely I've Googled it. Well, and I'm worried about my search history here, like, to be honest, because I'm like killing yourself off a cliff in Southern France, you know, like these were some of my searches because I could find nothing. I could find stuff about Cassis and about the cliffs themselves and just how they're beautiful. People just do normal like cliff jumping off of different levels of the cliffs and that sort of stuff. Normal cliff jumping. I know that's not a thing. Okay, guys, it's not normal to be cliff jumping, but um, nothing Nothing about it being a place where famous people were jumping off of authors. You know, I'm like Googling like haunted Cassis and like things like that. Haunted Southern France. I mean, oh, my search history is just super wrecked at this moment, guys. Who knows what I'll be getting ads for next. Um, but I couldn't find anything. But the story is still in my mind from this guy that's a local. And maybe he just tells, you know, maybe he just tells stories to like, you know, dumb Americans that are going to believe anything. But I mean, that's also like an option too. What if somebody like jumps off and they do die and then it becomes like a haunting type thing? I never really thought about that. That could be kind of fun. So anyways, I want one of my villains to leap to their death off of a big cliff. So I'm kind of trying to like implement that into my storyline. Um, Cause I don't know that I really want to give them all the dignity of just fading into the darkness. I don't know. Life's unfair though. So sometimes people just do fade into the darkness and don't get their just dues. Anyways. All right. So three pages is a day. 
romance is not everything in life, and sometimes you jump off of a cliff just to haunt it for hundreds of years. I think those are our main takeaways from today. I, okay, so this is, <laughs> I feel kind of dumb doing this, but I, I did actually like promote this podcast on the other one that I'm on. I'm on Broadway with AJ um, and Sarah, and I just want to encourage you guys to look, it's called Broadway with AJ, but I've taken over being his special guest there. So come over and see Broadway with AJ. It's not see, don't see us. Oh my gosh. My hair is a hot mess half the time. Come over and listen to us, Broadway with AJ. And we talk about musical theater and shows that we could go to see. Sometimes we go together, most of the time not. We just <laughs> happen to see the same shows or talk about like musical theater shows that we're in and just kind of like listening to silly gossip and stuff. Come on by and join us, Broadway with AJ. All right, guys, this is Ophelia. I hope you have a great week. See you next week. Bye.